Hi, it's Jay Mueller from Bad Producer Productions. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's one of seven we currently produce. They include The Garrett, Team Effort, Childproof by Tony Martin and Geraldine Quinn, Game Changers with Craig Bruce, In the Pocket NFL, The Greatest Season That Was 93, and our newest podcast, The Final Word Cricket Podcast with Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins. I don't know which of those you're about to listen to, but whichever one it is, I hope you enjoy it, and I'm grateful for your time and enthusiasm. Thank you. All of our podcasts are supported by the generous team at A.V. Jennings. For more than 85 years, A.V. Jennings has created communities for people just like you. A.V. Jennings communities are designed for the way people want to live today. To find out more, visit avjennings.com.au. A.V. Jennings, your community developer. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our sponsor, A.V. Jennings. Game Changers. The show about the people who make the shows, not the people behind the scenes, not the companies, the people behind the mics, the The people who put it all on the line, the people who put their personalities and lives on display every day and invite you to either love them or hate them. Hi, this is Craig Bruce and welcome to a special edition of Game Changers. Look, it's been a huge year for the podcast. Uh, we're closing in on, what, 70,000 downloads now. We've been to the UK and spoken to some of the biggest names in radio in that part of the world. And, of course, we've had the great pleasure of spending time with more than a dozen of the best presenters, producers and programmers here in Australian radio. So in the great tradition of recycling content at this time of the year, we thought it would be good to go back and reflect on some of the key takeouts and memorable moments from the three Game Changers series so far and present to you the top 10 radio Game Changers from 2016. So at number 10... Jamie Thixton. Thank you. What a real thrill this is. Well, for uh, me too. For me. You know, I think you know you made it when you're on Game Changers. That's, <laughs> that's the way I look at it. Heart breakfast host and a brilliant media all-rounder. You know, one of the key challenges for all of us in this industry is to work out exactly what it is that we do well. You know, essentially, how do we play to our strengths? And through the process of discovering what you're good at, you're also going to start to understand what your limitations are too, which is just as important. It's kind of two sides of the same coin. I like to feel that to the nth degree that I've got it covered. And that's... So I go into pretty much every link knowing exactly how I'm going to finish it because anyone can start a link. A true professional knows how to end a link. Uh, And that is absolutely key. And I'm not good enough to be able to nail that ending on the fly. So Jamie's preparation for every break is designed around a really clear understanding of what he's not capable of. So, you know, that takes a little more time and effort to prepare and structure every break. But for Jamie, he knows that he needs to do this to maximise his performance. So knowing what you're good at, but also knowing what your limitations are, is a really important step towards a consistent performance on the air. Some more great advice now from another brilliant host, James Brayshaw, who has been the ringmaster and tone setter of the legendary Australian sports show, The Rub, on Triple M for years now. James provided some really terrific insights into his role when I spoke to him in Series 1. As the host of a show, you are 
you're there to get the best out of the people on the show. And not normally with ensemble shows, especially around sport, you've got legends of the game, whether it's the cricket in the summer or, you know, the, the footy stuff we do. So your job as a host is to get the best out of those people. So you've got to constantly be listening to, have we had enough of him in this conversation? If we're going to talk ruck work and it's Luke Darcy, this is an all-Australian ruckman, so what's his thoughts about it? And, you know, why does that happen? No point asking him about it. He never played in the ruck in his life. So that's the time to bring him in. But it's it's also with the humour. You, you get the feeling that, you know, the, the chief, for instance, who's, who's just a ferocious individual, will love at some stage to pile into someone about this. So what you'll do is you'll leave him out for a bit, so he'll just be out of it, and then suddenly you'll give him a nice little platform to wander back in, and he'll be have a head of steam up by that stage, and you know he'll just start clubbing people around the head. So <clears throat> it's it's the timing of getting everyone involved too. So. One of the things I've never understood from a programming point of view on television, for instance, is why we feel we need to give these interview, you know, interview shows to comedians. Because in my experience, 90% of comedians are the least generous people on the planet. They only want to hear from themselves because that's all they've ever done yep. is stand up and speak for themselves. You know, the, the, the stand-up routine is what a comedian does. So I'm not critical of them because that's their life. Their whole professional life, they've driven their own stuff. So when it comes to interviewing, not, I, I think often they're no good at it at all because they're not actually listening to what that person's saying. They're just getting ready to tell you their next joke, which is what they do for a living. So it's not a criticism. But... You know, the, the great Dave Letterman's and people like that, Andrew Denton, um, Mike, Michael Parkinson, are unbelievably good because they listen. You know, they listen to the answer and that brings about their next question. So I think that's the key. If anyone out there is starting off, um, instead of thinking about what you're going to say next, actually listen to what the person's saying. That might give you half a chance. So having been a breakfast anchor in a previous life, this, this really spoke to me. The art of listening and staying in the moment so that you're ready to move the on-air conversation forward in a natural way is really at the heart of the role. And it's one of the reasons why James is so brilliant at what he does. All right, let's stay with breakfast for a moment. Two of my favourite interview subjects this year have been Nick Ferrari and Eddie Maguire. You know, I've said this before, I don't know what it is. The older I get, the more I, I, I've come to appreciate speech radio. You know, when it's done well, it can be so powerful. Nick Ferrari is just, uh, he's just incredible. I mean, he's got this, well, he's got a Fleet Street pedigree and he's managed to combine the best of newspaper journalism with the needs of a breakfast radio audience. I want you to listen to how his planning process works. Check this out. So take me through the planning meeting when you come in. What, what does that look like at the, the planning? So you've got, I guess, a, a melting pot. You're laughing. The reason, yeah, I know this isn't going on. The young woman is very kindly what we call driving or making sure this yeah. is recorded, um, is the key in all of this. Right. She just happens to be working a different shift. So we call it a set. There is no meeting. There okay, is no meeting. Really? The meeting is held on a mobile phone. Right. And the young that, woman. And that's it. The, you know, everyone, there's different ways to yeah, get yeah. the radio show yeah, yeah. on here. There's no problem well, with that. The, the way this works is, and she's supremely successful, sadly we're about to lose her because she's off to do other stuff. But anyway, her name's Beth, and she, well, I don't know what time she gets in, probably about 1, 2 or something like that, and the phone calls start from about 3, 3.30 or 4. Brangelina, Andrew, uh, Brad and Pitt have just split. Yep. Okay, well, we won't do that on the showbiz side, but let's find out how much they're worth, and let's get Hollywood right. lawyer, da da da, da. Yep. Uh, Theresa May has decided she wants to um, send troops into, oh yeah, that's great. But also she'll ring and say stuff I don't care about. You yep. know, buses come off, buses, but a train is derailed in Hendon, no one's hurt. Bugger off, I can give it down. So I'm called continuously. Um, from what time? From about 3 through to about 3 p.m. through to about 8 or 9. And but so bear in mind I was news editor on The Sun. Right. So I want the phone. Yeah. And I think the world record calls about 25 to 30 calls in that period. Right. Which is great. So it's, it, it, it's instinctive. You hear a story yeah, yeah. and do you know where to place it instinctively? Well, <laughs> I, 
I know where I think it should go instinctively. Whether it's right, of course, is perhaps. Right. But what is the, what is to be applauded about LBC management is they just leave me to it. Now the answer to that is well, why wouldn't they? Because the show's doing rather well. Yeah. The numbers quite. So I think if the show was in the toilet, they might have a view. But at the moment, they just say, oh, just leave him alone. He can shout at Beth all day long and tell her that this is crap and just go and make some news. Or if you can't find any news, make it yourself. So it's a conversation that is always happening with his producer. And when I heard him talk about this relationship he has with his EP, it kind of reminded me of a conversation I had with Eddie about how he stays on top of the 24-hour news cycle. I can never understand people who turn up and haven't read the papers, at least. You know, if the person who's listening to your show has read one more paper than you, then they should be doing the show, not you. <laughs> um, and, and look, it's not that hard these days. Uh, for, for me, I'm a news junkie, but it, it's osmosis. I mean, I would I read probably the, the, uh, the Herald Sun and the Age Online in Melbourne 25 times a day, probably 50 times a day. So if there's ever a story that's going, I've got uh, all the, the, the news feeds coming in. I read the New York Times and the LA Times uh, twice, three times a day. Uh, as I said, you've got all the news updates these days. You can't help it. And by the time you go to bed of a night time, if something happens in the six hours you're asleep, well, there's only going to be probably one or two major stories which you can pick up pretty quickly. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I liaise, obviously, with Jay Mueller, our producer of The Hot Breakfast, who's on top of these things as well. So there, there, there doesn't have to be any surprises in life these days. Right, um, but what that—that's the bare minimum, as far yes. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Then you go to work as a broadcaster, and you break stories, or you bring—I think even more so these days—is joining the dots on stories, so that people who can see things in isolation, if you're a broadcaster and you can explain it, ah. You know, I, I like to call it lean forward media. When when I get behind a microphone, I'm hoping that people are leaning forward, not leaning back, going to sleep. They, they're saying, Shh, shut up, hang on a second. Hang on, what do you say? What, hang on, quiet everybody. Yep. I'm turning it up because they have to hear what's going on. So lean forward media, to me, is not that passive stuff. It's not about talking about being the person in the stand who saw something. It is very much the man in the arena who can give you a feel for the sweat and the dust and the mud and the blood that's going on and where the bodies are buried and how they're buried and why they're buried. Planning by osmosis. I love that. You know, regardless of the format, you need to be constantly thinking about how you can take advantage of the media and content that matters for your audience. And yes, it requires a level of obsession to do it well, but you know what? That kind of separates the game changers from the rest of us. So while we're talking about the relationship of the producer EP with the on-air team, can't go past some words of wisdom from my great friend Sam Kavanagh, who's played such a pivotal role in the success of Hamish Nandy over the years. Sam and I talked about how producers can contribute to the creative process in a meaningful way. And you know, the first step is to know that you don't need to have all the answers as a producer. You just need to ask good questions. You need to be creative in that you need to understand the creative process. You need to care about it. You need to love it. You need, it doesn't mean you need to come to work with a sketch that's been written that you hand to Mick Malloy and go, here's a sketch I've written. Could you please voice it? Or you need to have 10 phone topics that get on air every day, but you need to see a good idea for what it is. You need to be able to extend other people's ideas and go, hey, that's great, but what if we did X, Y, and Z. You need to hear a little moment in something bigger that you can pull out and and do something else with. You know, you need to be obsessed with with ideas, but that doesn't mean you have to have every idea yourself. You know, and um, you know, great producers see really good ideas in other people and know how to bring out the best in them, which is different to going. I'm a performer and I'm creative and and I'm really good at. Um, you know, p- performing a moment and um, 
and that, I guess that's the 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 difference with the producer is you you need to be really comfortable. You need to be confident enough to. to hold the space and say radio we got three minutes before the end of this song and we need to do x y and z now but you also need to know it's never about you and you're working with performers and it's their name on the show and they're the ones that people are either going to hate or love and um and if your ego can't handle that then you can't do the job so once again it's the art of listening and being in tune, listening for opportunities that can often come from the least expected places, you know, and if you can do this as a producer, then you're well on your way to having a genuine impact with the team. As I mentioned, Sam has been a critical third wheel in the success of Hamish and Andy over the last 15 years. I spoke to Hamish in Series 2. CB. How are you, what mate? What an honour. Really good. I'm really looking forward to this. And we talked about the challenges of working with his best mate and potential risks involved. It can be a really tough time, but it can also be a great time. Because a lot of the time, I, de- I highly recommend getting into it with friends, but but you are playing with friendships. Because it, it, you don't realise it at the time, but what you're essentially doing going, all right, let's do a radio show together, is you're essentially going, can we commercialise our friendship like can we sell our friendship but at the same time keep it real like mm. keep it can we can we sell it outwardly and then have it honest and 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 wholesome inwardly and 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 or can we have discussions with each other going oh, as a friend I love you and I want you to do the best in your life but maybe I feel like I've got to go this way and you've got to go that way. And and I definitely remember coming out of that period with Rye going, we're much better friends for this because we were able to have that honest talk. He felt the same way. We all felt the same way. And so we all charged on loving each other yep. and supporting each other, yep. knowing that the risk of going into that conversation was that maybe, I don't know, in a different world, people could get hurt in those conversations. But anytime we've had that internally because we are such a tight group, we're all best mates and we work together... Your heart's always in your mouth a little bit when you feel those moments coming up, but you're always a lot better for it. it. If you go go through and with best intentions for each other, you always come out best the other way. So you might think that doing a radio show with your best mate is the perfect scenario. You know, what could possibly go wrong? But the flip side is there's also so much more at stake. If you do have a fallout, there's a friendship at stake. But the thing that Hamish and Andy have always done, you know, they've been able to get into a really good habit of communicating well off the air. And yes, there's a foundation of friendship at the heart of that. You know, they've always been really good at clearing the air and dealing with challenges as they happen rather than letting them fester. And that simply means they then have more time for creativity and a better, clearer headspace for everyone during the show when it matters most. All right, I think we're at number five. <laughs> I've lost count. Number five in the Game Changers top 10 for 2016. Tony Martin. It's good to be here. I'm sort of self-conscious that I have to sound like a professional radio presenter <laughs> Not in at this all. context. What an absolute bloody legend of radio. One of my favourite podcasts from earlier this year by the guys at Freakonomics, an episode called How to Be Great at Almost Anything. Comment was made during the podcast that absent of hard work, no one is really great at anything which is an interesting concept, isn't it? And it's a pretty challenging idea, particularly if you're looking for the path of least resistance to success, because fortunately there is none. But when you see and hear someone like Tony Martin, who is not only a prodigious talent, I mean, he's incredibly talented, but he's also the hardest working guy in the room. You start to understand what success really looks like. Martin Malloy was, people used to think we were exaggerating, but you just wake up and grab all the papers because there was no internet. Mm. There was no aggregate system boiling yeah. the stories down. You had to read every paper. So, you know, the workday started at eight and then finished at about 10 at night. And I, I don't even know if I could put in that kind of effort now. I mean, I, my favourite thing in radio 
aside from doing the show, is just standing behind the engineer while they do the That's sketches. your thing, isn't it? Yeah, it I is your it. thing. And do you know what? It's that, you know, lots of people have really specific memories of Martin Malloy, but the thing that I, I remember most was... And the thing that I miss the most about it is that, it, 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 you, you know, radio has always been at its best when it's been theatre of the mind. And, yes. And for you guys, Absolutely. Just, anything was on the table. You could, you know, and you could you could really hear that from, you know, just the beautiful production and the writing and all of the, you know, work that goes into it. But it, it's been nothing like it since, has there? Well, that's what I remember, yeah, as a kid on a boat, is that radio... It's like a movie where you're inventing the pictures. You're hearing it, but you're seeing it at the same time. So on Martin Malloy, we would do things like <laughs> the classy sketch, Blimpy the Lactose Intolerant Cat. And you would storyboard it in your head. You would storyboard, okay, he's in a cinema, so we're going to be in this row. So it's as though the mics are in this row, but we can hear the film. It's, there's going to be an interaction between the people on that side. It's just... It's just going to too uh, going to too much trouble is what I call it. There it is, going to too much trouble, and it's a, a choice, uh, and it's your choice. You know, no one can make you do more than you have to. But if you choose to cruise, just pray you don't come up against someone like Tony Martin, because I am telling you, he will take your listeners in the blink of an eye. At number four, so in series two, I spoke to Matt Tilly about his incredible career. Mate, how are you? I'm really well. How are you going? Oh, well, obviously I'm recovering after you wrote that article about me being intimidating and all. <laughs> I've been lucky enough to have had quite a few in-depth radio chats with Maddie over the years. We both worked at the Fox during the 90s when Brian Ford was running the joint. Brian was a mentor for both of us in different ways. Here's how Brian impacted Matt as a program director. Yeah, I'd come to terms with the fact that radio was more than jokes, mm. you know, and that was something I learned with Tracy. And I think we sort of, along with Wendy Harmer in Sydney took radio in a whole new direction, which was just talking about your life and being, the catchword was relatable now, it's primal. And I had been dragged kicking and screaming to that space by Brian Ford because I'm like, yeah, but who cares? It's not funny. He goes, no, what you don't realise is that everyone else is in that same space and I think you make it funny. And I think you were this perfect combination for each other. He was a brilliant teacher. You were a brilliant student. With hindsight, I reckon that sums it up nicely. But you don't ever think of yourself in any time when you're on a radio show performing as a student. But clearly I was. And clearly he was a great teacher insofar as you just absorbed it. He wasn't around telling you what to do, this and that. He would almost, he had a real genius at making you you realise it before he told you. And he was just 100% in the game. As I say, he dragged me away from the comedy guy mentality to go, just connect. Mm. What, you know, what people really like is probably what you hate, but just give it a shot. So there's some really good advice if you're a program director. The breakfast team are going to feel better about you if you demonstrate that you're all in with them. You know, listen to the show, help them get better, give them useful feedback that they can actually use. You know, you've got to really think about what you're saying or what you're not saying to them and how you respond in virtually every moment, no matter how small, is a signal to them. Chrissy Swan wants her content director to like her because she's being herself on the air. For me, I like someone who likes me and I need to know really in my bones that you like me and that you care about me. That's I know it sounds really like unradio related, but that's really important to me because my work is my life. My, my kids are in it, my partner's in it. So I need to know that they like me. I need to know that they trust me. Uh, that was just a penny drop moment for me in series one. 
And for Chrissy, her improvement on the air happened with this piece of feedback from her second program director, Wade Kingsley. Well, I was told that I wasn't allowed to laugh. And that is, that was very hard for me because you don't realise how much you do laugh until somebody tells you that you can't. (laughs) And also the guy I was working with, I found really funny. He was really funny in that sort of really Queensland, daggy, state the obvious sort of way. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. He was like dug up from somewhere and I thought he was really funny, but we we were told that, you know, I wasn't allowed to laugh. And then uh, that that PD left and a new PD started and said, you know, what's going on? Why are we having so much fun off air? And and I said, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not allowed to laugh. And he said, you absolutely are allowed to laugh. And I haven't looked back. Everything changed. So Everything at, changed, yeah. So what did you learn in the early stages from... So Wade Kingsley was your first yes. content director and a friend now. That yes, you've got a, great a very friendship. good friend of mine, yeah. yeah what instantly. did you learn from him in the early stages? Well, I think he's all about... Um, for me, I felt he really liked me and he really knew me very well. And... It was really great to have somebody so supportive, I suppose, and someone who really liked me. I mean, you just can't under undervalue that. Yep. Um, so early on in my career that was saying who who you are is is okay. Who you are, get it get it onto the microphone. That's harder to do um, than it sounds, but that's really all I learnt on the Sunshine Coast was forgetting about the camera and the I mean the microphone and the studio and um, prizes and all that sort of radio stuff that you have to deal with and just concentrate on having no division between who you are off air and who you are on air. So there's some more really good advice for content directors. Your job is to capture the essence of your show and the true essence of the relationship between your hosts will often happen when they're just goofing off in the corridors. So being in tune for that and looking for that and and getting the off-air show on the air and helping the talent navigate their way through this is really important. At number two... I always love spending time with Mick Malloy. Craig, good to see you. How are you? I can't complain at this stage. Yes, he's the ultimate Aussie knockabout on the air. You know, I bring a kind of front bar mentality. But that absolutely belies his professionalism and thought process off the air. You know, Mick and Tony, Martin Malloy, you know, virtually reimagined radio in the mid-90s and they did it through a really deliberate and calculated approach of playing to their strengths. Sometimes it's great to be different. and we, I think what we were doing was... Twofold. We were lobbing to our forehand, uh, which was we were writers. We were more writers than performers. So we were, performing was still fairly fresh to us, mm. but we knew we could probably outright most people. Yeah. We, we knew there was, we at, at least in that department, what can we do better than most? Write comedy. Right. Okay, well, let's concentrate on that. And then over the journey, we became stronger performers. Yeah. And so... We could, you but know. just some basic lessons there, for, and once again for for people that are interested in radio and shows that are starting out, play to your strengths. You know, what yep. are you good at? What, are, what what comes naturally to you? What do you like doing? What, what's the thing when you see those five things you've got to do today? What's the one you're looking forward to doing? That's probably your strength. Correct. I, I agree with that, and I think sometimes, and this is where you know, I think still sometimes. Content directors can get it wrong, and because everyone panics a bit, and when it starts, I mean, everything when it starts is, is is pretty shit version of what it's ultimately going to be, and I think that's true of every show. Yep, you got to crawl before you can work, and at that at that very uh, sensitive time, it's easy to come in and go, guys, why don't you do more of this? Yep. Guys, why don't you do that? And you go. 
who can really push people in the wrong direction or forget why you got them in the first place. Mm. And I think there's real lessons. you just got to dig in. And eventually, you've got to dig in and hope that you get enough backing. There you go. Play to your forehand. Yes, it's obvious. I know we've talked about it before that you should do what comes naturally to you on the air. But how many shows actually sit down and work out what their forehand is? It's a, it's a rare thing. And it's often what separates good and great on the air. And finally, look, my favourite moment of the series, oh, hey, there have been so many great moments, it's hard to separate them, but I'm going to leave you with this moment from Christian O'Connell. Thanks for inviting me on, I'm flattered to be on it. Christian is now the leading commercial breakfast show in the UK, awesome. And during the 60 minutes we spent together, he dropped more truth bombs than I could keep up with. I mean, seriously, if you haven't checked out the, the episode, it's, it's a good one. But I love this piece of advice that he would give to his younger self. Fail. It's okay. People these days, they don't want to be bad at something. And you need to, you need to. I've learned more from my mistakes and I still do now on the radio and in stand-up. Those are things that actually move you further on and make you better. And it's so sad now because you try and bring up kids, and I even do this as a dad, where you don't want them to fail. You want to protect them from everything. And you're great at everything. And it doesn't matter you got that bad grade or came last in that race at sports day. You're still wonderful. It's so great. And actually not doing them any favours because actually that, that frustration, that failure, that's what makes you better. That's what tests your drive. And so actually someone put, put you know, just taking that monkey off your back a bit going, you're going to suck at this for a while but you're going to get better every single day. And just seeing yourself as a, as more of something that you're going to, that you're going to um, seeing yourself as a work in progress. And, and that would be the biggest thing that I wish someone had told me. Because then, you know, there's always a point that it takes a very long time where your taste in how you want yourself to be is going to be years and years and years before your output reaches that. So just relax and see yourself as work in progress. There you go. You're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. We are all a work in progress. And don't think for a second that these really successful presenters who you all admire don't see themselves as a work in progress still, regardless of their success. So that's it for this year. A couple of thank yous. Thanks to Jeff Jean for coordinating the UK series of Game Changers. It was an absolute thrill to get over there and to speak to some of their best. And hopefully we can do that again soon. And, of course, a huge thank you to Jay and Astrid. They are the bad producers, and this podcast wouldn't be possible without them. Have an awesome summer break. See you in the new year with more Radio Game Changers. Game Changers Radio is a production of Craig Bruce Coaching and Bad Producer Productions. Subscribe at iTunes or download episodes at radiogamechangers.com.